Hello, welcome back to the RLS podcast. We're on season four now and we're on episode 31 and we're here with Grace Cowan all the way from Manchester. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, I'm well. Just just about, just about well um, after a, a good few days of a sickness bug, but no, feeling good. Um, much on today? Uh, today we've got a train later on and um, pretty much it really just a bit of client comms client support nice easy day today to be fair cool sounds good um, like I just want to get straight kind of stuck into what we're going to speak about today so Grace is the is a coach primarily for shift workers because she was a, a shift worker herself before um, worked in the police um, and did a couple of other things I gather um, so I think it's, it's going to be a good topic to go into because shift workers, again, in my experience, and obviously I've done a bit of shift work myself working at an Amazon warehouse, um, I know how hard it is to, to do shifts and to try and make other positive changes in your life. I think a lot of the time it can almost go the other way and you kind of let work get on top of you and then that starts bringing out these other negative habits and tiredness, fatigue, mood, and all these kind of things end up coming into play. So um, we'll get into that. But what I first want to know about is a little bit more about you, Grace, because I've obviously met you a, a couple of times now. But let's just go into a little bit of background. Like, um, wh- why did you even become a coach in the first place? Um, so initially, I think my journey kind of inspired me to help others. Um, I was always the the kid that hated PE. Um, I was like last over the finish line, any kind of races, sports days, anything like that just used to give me anxiety through the roof. Um, my sister was always really athletic. So she was a gymnast uh, and I just kind of went the other way. I was just like, yeah, I'm not really that bothered about this, but I think it wasn't that I wasn't bothered. It was that I found it so hard because I was quite overweight as a kid um, that it just used to terrify me. Any form of like physical exercise where you were racing with other people, my anxiety just used to go through the roof. And I think I actually, um, in primary school, I was like, right, I'm going to join the cross country team. Um, and I think I just about struggled to fit into one of the vests because obviously kids that do cross country were, you know, tend to be quite dainty. Um, and I struggled to get into this vest and I was stood on the on the start line. And obviously you're all in a, in a row and you set off as a team together. And I was at the back and I just let everyone go and I just stood there crying. Um, and I think. Uh, that kind of continued for years and years. And then I went to university um, and as you know, with university, that comes, you know, drinking, poor diet. And it just kind of spiraled to the point where at my biggest, I think I was 15 and a half stone um, and being five foot two, um, you know, I was I was I was actually told by the doctor I was um, obese. Um, and then I booked a holiday with my sister. And I think it, something just clicked in my head. I thought, I'm not going on holiday. I am not stepping foot on a beach by the pool feeling the way that I am um, and at the time I was living in uni digs um, and the bar was like right next to the gym and the gym was free as part of like your uni digs I just thought you know what I'm just gonna take this into my own hands didn't like get any help at the time I just thought if I just make a step in the right direction it's going to kind of compound. So started going swimming, um, started off with like 10 lengths. And then by the end of it, I think I was swimming like, God, 40, 50 lengths every single day. Um, 
just reduced the amount of food that I was eating. I didn't really know anything about diets, didn't know anything about, you know, the, the resources that are available now that I'm going back like what, 14 years ago so I think I just lived on soup and like apples and you know no protein whatsoever but at the time the weight was just falling off me um I think I lost like two stone within the first two months or something like that it was quite drastic um and then I think I just got this bug so I then had the confidence to join a circuit training class at that gym and then I started doing swimming and circuit training. And again, I, I, I fell in love with that feeling of not only losing the weight, but feel like the, the impact it was having on my mental health and the confidence that I was growing in. Um, and then obviously when I finished uni, that's when I started shift work. Uh, so I went from children's homes, NHS, and then obviously I was a cop. Uh, and at the time when I joined the police I was in quite a good routine beforehand but then when I joined the police I don't think anything prepares you for you know what you're going to be dealing with the stress that um the, the impacts of stress has on you and I just kind of found myself looking after myself a lot a lot less than I was before um and that's when I kind of like started looking into a bit more around shift work and obviously with Lydia um being a coach she she was very knowledgeable around everything to do with like hormone shift work like she she's just a fountain of knowledge so even though I had that I had access to all that knowledge I still wasn't implementing it because I think I was just like so I think it's like decision fatigue you know what you want to do, but you just can't do it because you just, I just felt so stressed and my mental health was taking a hit. I was drinking on my rest days. Um, before that, I was going to the gym, but then I just, I was that tired that I just stopped going to the gym as much. Um, and then obviously I, you get to a point where enough's enough. And I think I just hit that point and it's like rock bottom. Um, and a lot of shift workers listening to this now will probably resonate with that feeling when you get to that point where it's like, you know, you're just putting one foot in front of the other. You're just managing to get your shift done and then you're going home and it's just like, ugh, I, I've just, you stop going to social events, you stop meeting people because I used to go and see my friends and I'd find myself just sat there in like this world of my own um, not really wanting to say much or if I did, I'd be like, oh, you know, no one's interested in what I've got to say because then with the fatigue that you're feeling, you start like doubting yourself. Um, and then, yeah, it, it just got to a point where I knew I needed to make some changes. Um, and me and Lydia actually set a goal for me that was going to kind of, make or break so we actually set um a goal of um a photo shoot which as a shift worker it was um it was something that I knew I needed I needed a bigger goal I needed something to go right okay you need to make these changes now you're going to be under the spotlight you're going to be um pretty much half naked with a camera in front of you you need to actually like sort yourself out um and initially it's it's not about going right okay how can we train and how can we do this it's about getting a proper routine in place with like your sleep and um and everything else and then training comes after that and that's the big thing with shift workers I know I've gone gone on a bit of a tangent here is that they just try and go train 
exercise, that's the be all and end all. When in essence, you've got to work on the fundamentals of your health first, which is sleep and nutrition. Um, and then I, obviously, as I was a cop, that's when I decided to, you know, when, when I, whilst I was doing my, sh- my photo shoot prep, I noticed that everyone was like, oh, what are you doing? What are you eating? Oh, you look really good. And I, can you can you give me the recipe for that? And I was like helping other people with like their nutrition. I was helping people with getting a good sleep routine in place. And I was passing on all the information that obviously Lydia had taught me. Um, and then like people it was like a domino effect like people on my shift then started eating better and um I'd be going right okay instead of getting the car let's walk and then we'd be going oh should we go and get our steps in on a night shift and it was like I was then spreading that like those good habits amongst like my shift and I thought you know what like I want to actually learn more about this so that's when I went and got my qualification um and then I started obviously coaching a few of my friends at work for free. Uh, and then eventually it just got to a point where I was doing the coaching and I was a cop, but I couldn't give a hundred percent to both. Um, obviously I was at work and then I had my clients that I needed to support. But then when you're stuck on a job and you've got people that need your help, it's like, you can't do both. And I, my head was just like going to explode. I was like, so I need to decide one or the other. Um, and at the time I was working um, on a county lines task force. So I was up and down the country. Um, I was living in hotels, living out of a bag. Um, I'd like take all my, all my little snacks and stuff in a little bag, uh, a little cool bag. Um, and my boss at the time actually said to me, he was like, if you did decide to go down the other route of coaching, then the door will always be open if you want to come back. So that made my decision 10 times easier because obviously the police and being a cop was what I always wanted to do. Um, But then when I started coaching and I realised that I can help police officers, but from the other side, uh, yeah, that's, that's when I decided to make the leap and the rest is history the shift workers coach began yeah amazing amazing um yeah. I think there's I think there's one thing I see anyways is police officers in particular like obviously shift works a massive kind of a massive scope of people but police officers in particular I think every single one that's ever come to me for coaching it's not been from a place of like things are going great I just want to improve some stuff now it's like I am absolutely at rock bottom probably mm-hmm. just finished like a three night shifts in a row and they're like I need to change something in my life um, mm-hmm. And like, is it for me anyway? Like, I know it's obviously you are the, sh- the shift workers coach. For me, it's quite it's quite a hard individual to work with. Um, there's a lot of kind of there's a lot of challenges there. And I think one thing I also see as well is basically what you what you spoke about. They want to go straight for how much training can I do? Can I do? Can I run? Can I train in the gym? Can I do this, that, and the next thing? Where in reality, it's a case of like, okay, how's how's the sleep? How's the nutrition? How's just how's how are the the basics are they in place yet and mm-hmm. most of the time they're not it's it's usually that that needs to be addressed um but I think it would be good to kind of like kick on to some of the like the individual things that shift workers struggle with um one thing I most definitely struggled with so I was working in an Amazon warehouse and you were probably doing anywhere from like oh, I don't know like 20 odd thousand steps a night and my first thing would be like I need to I need to feed myself and what's available uh, a vending machine uh, 
a canteen which wasn't containing the best kind of stuff. Um, nutrition, nutrition was just a difficult one. How do you deal with that? And what are the what are the main challenges with with shift workers and nutrition? I'm sure there's a few. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing is um, not being prepared when it comes to nutrition, because ultimately in the question that I often ask my guys is if you've got time to stop and you've got time to grab um, a takeaway or something like that, you've also got time to stop somewhere that um, is going to allow you to make a better choice. Um, so it's not about lining up your, your boxes and prepping every single meal because it's not always going to go to plan. You could make a really nice, nutritious meal to take into work with you and it just gathers dust in the fridge because ultimately you're not always going to go back to the station. You're not always going to be able to um, heat things up when you're on shift. So what I tend to do is um, obviously I give meal meal plan templates, but educate around nutrition so focusing on just your calories and your protein goal is going to be far better off than going right okay I need you to get every gram to the t of these carbs every gram to the t of these fats as long as you're not this is like something that I speak about but as long as um, fats aren't getting too low then the fats and the carbs can just be molded around day to day and as long as you're tracking your food you're going to know how much food you've got left, how much you can, you know, you can you can walk into a garage and scan something. You can walk into anywhere, a supermarket and scan something. So it's not about having that meal prep at all times. It's just knowing that you can make a more informed choice if you can stop. Um, and just focusing on if you are eating, there's protein in every single meal because if you eat protein with your carbs, it's going to prevent that crash. Um, and a lot of shift workers it's carbs, carbs, carbs. If you've been stuck on, um, for example, a scene guard or uh, you've been stuck on a job for X amount of hours, the first thing that your body is going to crave is carbohydrates. It's not going to go, oh, I'm just going to eat that lovely chicken salad there. It's going to be like, right, okay, give me carbs. So if you can make something or um, pick something like a chicken wrap or something that, that that's going to be appealing to eat, but not just carbohydrates, it's going to keep you ticking over for longer. So um that's something that that I massively focus on with my guys is just focus on your protein and build your day, build your calories each day around your protein. If you do that, it's going to prevent the crash. You're going to be fuller for longer um, and you're not going to eat 10 donuts when you get back to the office. Um, and, and it works really well, to be fair, because it's not saying, right, you need to eat chicken, rice and broccoli every day. You can go to the garage and you can go to the supermarket. And if you do end up getting a Mackey's, have a chicken wrap instead of a Big Mac large meal with a milkshake. <laughs> so it's just about having those more informed choices and actually uh, making it flexible because shift work is unpredictable. So if you can make it as flexible as possible, then you're never going to go far wrong. Yeah, no, most most definitely. Um, I think that's that's definitely something to take home. Um, one thing I, I always get feedback on from some of my clients as well and previous clients is the fact that it's the it can almost be like what you spoke about, having a positive influence on everyone else in the office or everyone else on shift with you. But it could also work the opposite way where you're almost 
taken in by these negative influences. Like, we'll just oh, go yeah. and have a Mackey's or we'll just go and have a, a takeaway. Come on, let's just do it. Oh, you'll be fine. I think, obviously, willpower comes into that. But is there anything you can say to your guys when they're they're getting pulled into the to the donuts in the office or the cakes or the or the McDonald's? How do you deal with that? Yeah, it's quite funny, really, because when I um, first started, like, looking after myself a little bit more on shift, you have, like, the office the office people going, oh, God, what, what's that you're eating again? And, and snarling at you while they're eating the burgers and stuff. And it was actually when I became a coach, the, the very people that were making those comments actually approached me for coaching and became clients. Um, so... I think what the way you need to kind of reframe it is the people that are trying to do that, they actually want to do what you're doing and they want to make those decisions, but they've not quite got to that point where they're ready. So instead, to make them feel better, that they're going to go, come on, one Mackies won't harm you. Um, but again, it's it's boiling down to how big your why is. And why are you doing this? Why do you want to make these changes? Do you want to continue to feel like a zombie each and every single day? Do you want to, um, or do you want to feel fitter, confident, more energized, not only in work, but actually to do the things outside of shift work, like going out for social events, feeling really nice in a summer dress, running a 5K and feeling absolutely amazing while you're doing it. And that's what I used to always keep in the back of my mind. It's like that decision between, okay, that one is going to send me on a downward direction and that one is going to send me on an upward direction. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not always a case of never eat takeaways for the rest of your life. You know, if you want to have one here and there, absolutely fine. I don't restrict my clients about any foods whatsoever, but it's when it starts to build as a habit, that's when it's like, right, okay, enough's enough. Um, so yeah, that's that that's my best advice, to be honest, when it comes to things like that. Yeah, no, that's that's good advice. I think it's it's also important to remember, like I know we're speaking about all these these difficulties of being a shift worker and stuff like that. It's like it's a hundred percent possible to still get into shape and to get fit. 100%. Like all, all your guys have absolute evidence of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I've even I've got a couple of clients as well that have just absolutely killed it, having working in the police. And the the things that they were telling me at the start as to why they couldn't do it are now the things that they're like, oh well, I'm actually enjoying this more. I'm getting up easier for my shifts. Um, I'm finding night shifts easier. I'm just generally got more energy, and I'm just just feeling generally better in myself. Um, so it's it's more than possible. It's it's harder yeah. than than Joe blogs, but it's it's more Definitely. than possible. And I think the main things that hold shift workers back is the fatigue. And once you start building the good habits with hydration, nutrition, um, and doing the small daily tasks that are going to help you feel better, that's when everything else becomes easier. Um, And I think that's like you were saying, I mean, every single cop that reaches out to me or I speak to is pretty much on their ass. and, And they're just like, I, I just don't know where to start. And if you just start by those small, simple daily tasks, like drinking enough water, getting out daily for a walk um, and hitting a protein goal, tracking your calories, making sure that you're getting a good balance of nutrition in each and every single day, you'll be surprised how quickly you start to feel better. Yeah, no, um, definitely. Yeah. So another one that, again, has been a challenge for me and some of my clients is, 
sleep circadian rhythm how do we how do we almost work on this because again i've got pals that go three night shifts three back shifts three day shifts and it's like with maybe like a day or two in between it's it's so hard to get yourself back into the swing of things and um, mm-hmm. transitioning from those because again your sleep wants to be consistent it doesn't want to be up three nights and awake three nights it's it's hard but how would you deal with that yeah so the thing that's really important to think about with nights is that your in essence your circadian rhythm is um your sleep wake cycle so as you as the sun comes up naturally our body's master clock goes right okay get up it's daytime but when you work nights it just completely knocks it out of whack um and in essence when you're working nights you're awake but your system's asleep um so the way that you need to try and think about nights is if you can during during like 12 p.m till 6 a.m your body is not in a position to digest food but what people tend to do on nights is eat kebabs eat mcdonald's eat thing and then you've got like your stomach playing the drums and you you've got like stomach cramps your body's just not in a in a position to digest food as it is during the day so um the best thing that you can do to kind of regulate your circadian rhythm is when you do get up from a night shift before you even think about hide, um, uh, drinking a coffee or anything like that, get up, hydrate and get outside, whether that be in the back garden, whether that be a walk around the block, because what you're then doing is signaling to your body that, right, okay, I need to wake up. Um, and then um, while you are on your night shift, what I tell my clients to do is try and eat your your last meal at midnight, like before midnight. And then if you do get hungry in that 12 till six, try and just eat something that's like protein based or something that's very light on your stomach. Um, When you get home, that's where you need to have that good routine. So with sleep routines, obviously you're going to have earlys, lates, nights. It's all going to be different, like you were saying. But if you can get a solid routine that you can manipulate for for all three, different types of shifts that you work um you your body's going to be in that routine if that makes sense so that whether that be your blue light blockers putting your phone on do not disturb um making sure that you if, if you take like supplements like magnesium or anything like that keep it the same so when you go to bed at nine o'clock when you've done an early shift that routine needs to be the same as when you're on a late shift that routine needs to be the same as when you're on a night shift so that your body isn't going to be completely and utterly like what the hell is going on um and that that routine needs to remain the same um and i think that's massively where shift workers kind of the shift workers tend to see sleep as an afterthought in in my experience it's like oh yeah I'll just get sleep here and there sleep should be the number one thing that shift workers are focusing on um because ultimately when you don't sleep properly your hunger hormones don't work as they should do um your stress levels are higher you can't deal with the demands of the the, the demands of stress that the job's putting on you um which then increases your fatigue um so if you can really focus on getting that sleep routine and you know shift workers might be listening to this going but how like how, how can I do that reduce your caffeine at least eight hours before you go to bed um making sure that when you do get home from a night shift if you're hungry have something to eat like have some food before you go to bed because what that's going to do it's going to actually keep you asleep for longer because if you go to bed starving give it a couple of hours and you're going to wake up again and you're going to be starving um 
And then making sure like if you are looking at your phone or going on any form of like things with blue light, buy some blue light blocking glasses, get a good ear mask, earplugs, blackout blinds. Um, these are all things that are readily available that you can that you can just invest that are just going to improve that quality of your sleep um, and doing it on your earlies, on your lates, on your nights. So it's there. It's it's literally so easy for you because it's right next to your bed it's something that you just do each and every single day it's a habit um and yeah like i was saying to you with the hunger hormones if you don't sleep properly obviously we've got the ghrelin and we've got leptin ghrelin is as you know it, it tells you when you're hungry leptin tells you when you're full these two hormones don't work properly if you have not had enough sleep and also if you're working night shifts even more so and that's where if you're groggy the next day, your body's like hungry all the time because your hunger hormones aren't working. You don't know when you're full, you don't know when you're hungry. So instead you just eat. And then that's where the weight gain comes. So it's like a, it's a knock on effect. And if you can just focus on the first thing, the one thing that can really impact and help change the way that your shift work goes and your life in general, focus on your sleep massively. Yeah. Sleep's, sleep's a big one. It's, it's the most yeah. important thing that everyone as you said, it's, it's an afterthought for lots of people because they yeah. think I've just got to be going 100 miles per hour, shift, yeah. shifts over, I've got to get to the gym. But in reality, oh. the sleep may be the thing that has to be top of the priority. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, um, Another thing all... as well is, sorry, um, Go for training after a night shift. That's uh, that's something that a lot of people come to me and they're like, yeah, so I'll do this and then I'll go and I'll train after a night shift, go to bed go home and go to bed. Your body's already stressed. Your hormones are all over the place. You're then going to put yourself into an even bigger state of stress. You're then not going to sleep properly. And again, it spirals and spirals and spirals. So when it comes to uh, finishing your night shift, you want to be focusing on getting your body as relaxed as possible. Um, And by going to the gym after a night shift, you're sending it into a state of stress again. Um, so yeah, just wanted to add that bit there. <laughs> I wish I'd um, heard that about two years ago. I used to finish my night shift at Amazon. I'd get my white monster out, smash <laughs> that on, on the way home, and then I'd be straight to the gym trying to hit squat PBs. And I was wondering why I was a little bit fatigued and having to sit down on my walk home. Yeah. Um, so would not recommend that to anyone. Um, no. But yeah, obviously touching on the, the whole white monster thing, um, caffeine, we obviously touched on that a little bit, but what other ways would you kind of be manipulating caffeine or would you be when would you kind of be pulling back on caffeine when you're on shift or when you're going to try and get to sleep? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I always recommend eight hours minimum before you, but six to eight hours. um, But if you can, eight hours is, um, is preferred before you're going to be getting in bed. um, Because obviously um, the, caffeine for, for it to have come out of your system enough in time for you to actually um go into a relaxed state because like stress does caffeine also um sorry like training does caffeine also puts a stress on your body it elevates your adrenaline your cortisol levels uh, and it's a great booster for the morning or at the start of your shift but always make sure that you are reducing it i i always tell my guys two to three cups, three at a a really, really like push, but two caffeinated drinks per day is more than enough. And what I advise is switch to decaf because 
you'd be surprised how much it actually tastes the same and you still feel like you're having a coffee. Um, and that can be absolutely game-changing when it comes to sleep quality. I was the biggest caffeine fiend in the world. I'd go to McDonald's and I'd get uh, a flat white with a double espresso in at least three times on a night shift. Like that is copious amounts of caffeine and then I'd probably start my shift with a monster um so I, it was like a running joke at work it was like how the hell can you even take that amount of caffeine but I'd built my resilience to caffeine up that much that I'd have a coffee and I wouldn't even feel it um but my, I was just obviously walking around stressed 24 7 going home taking sleeping tablets um and then I'd get up feel groggy have caffeine it just went on and on and on and on and on um but yeah caffeine reduce it honestly the positive impacts that reducing caffeine will have on your sleep is absolutely insane and as you know like I was saying to you uh, the cortisol and adrenaline uh, boost with caffeine if you reduce it obviously that's when your melatonin will start to increase which is obviously the sleepy hormone I think you actually put a reel out about that today um which uh which I found really interesting but yeah um the 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 biggest thing is just reduce it minimum two to three cups per day or caffeinated drinks but another thing what people don't realize as well is that there's caffeine in coke zero and things like that so if you are having those kind of drinks as well make sure that you are reducing them on your night shift and switch to something like fizzy flavored water or something if you if you're craving that fizz fizzy flavored water that's what i used to do yeah i think people don't they'll maybe attempt to pull coffees back a little bit but they won't give it enough enough time. They almost go like two, three days, this is shit, let's stop doing this. Another double espresso, please, or another monster. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just a case of having to just wait that, I don't know, maybe you would say about five, seven days until you can kind of get over that, that almost that caffeine crash. And then yeah. that's when you're going to start feeling the benefits of actually coming off caffeine. Um, but Definitely. honestly, some, some of the shift workers I've seen have like setting world records for the amount of coffees and monsters they're having in one shift. <laughs> like they must be just walking about in a constant like fight or flight state. Oh, 100%. That was me. I was just constantly. I look back now and I think, wow, the amount of caffeine that I used to drink. And I used to I used to go and buy crates of monster and they were in my boot at all times. And I'd be like... <laughs> taking a couple in for work and I always had an emergency one in case like I, I finished work late and I needs to, needed to drive home and um but once you start to reduce it like you were saying it not only you feel better but it starts to build as a habit not to drink as much caffeine and it's just second nature I don't drink um caffeine past midday now and I stopped doing that whilst I was on shift mm-hmm. That's definitely a healthy habit to get in for, even if you're not a shift worker, like it's probably oh, yeah. a, good, a good habit to get into. Um, but yeah, again, once again, kind of touched on this um, in terms of training, um, times to train, when to train, how long to train. I know it's going to be quite individual to each person, but have you got any kind of guidelines or rules around that you would like to put in place? Yeah, so obviously we've already spoke about rule number one, which is don't train after a night shift. Um, what I always say to my guys, the way that I program things is um, having a flexible approach again. So um, a lot of guys and girls that have come to me have said like they've had PTs in the past and they'll they'll say you need to train this day, this day, this day and this day. What I like to follow with um, my clients is make it flexible 
to you. So if you, for example, have three strength training sessions per week, I always program strength training because ultimately the benefits of strength training for everyone is just absolutely huge. But especially with shift workers, um, with your hunger hormones that are all over the place, a benefit of strength training is actually getting um, your, your hunger hormones can actually improve from strength training. Um, so um, obviously the more muscle mass you have, the better your hormones are. So um, I tend to do three strength training sessions per week. Um, and I tell them to mold it around their life. So if they're on, for example, four night shifts in a row, I'd always say night shift number one is a good day to train because you've got more energy. What you can do is get up in the morning, train, and that will allow you to have a little bit of a nap in the afternoon. I would never train on your final night shift because what I say to my guys and um, shift workers in general should follow this is on your final night shift, don't sleep for longer than five hours because you need to get your circadian rhythm back in check. And if you're training after four, five hours sleep, you're not going to be rested. You're going to be fatigued. You're not going to get the best out of your session. You could injure yourself. Um, so don't train on your last last night shift, even if you've been to bed, um, train on your first night shift. But the fact of the matter is when it comes to shift work and training, as long as you feel like you've got enough energy, as long as you're well fueled, then pretty much train when you would like to train that week. Um, listen to your body is the key part in shift work and training because there is no benefit whatsoever to going hammering yourself in a gym session if you are fatigued. It's actually detrimental. And that's something that I educate my clients on. And I think in, in the past, if they've tried to um, embark on a fitness journey themselves, it's been hashtag no pain, no gain, go hard or go home. No, just go home. <laughs> There's no go hard involved when it, when it comes to shift work because your body's already stressed. So you need to make sure that you are listening to your body. If you're fatigued, if you're tired, allow your body to have that rest. And that's not just a case of going, oh, I've got a bit of an ache in my leg. I'm not going to train today. Like, it, you know, it. Th there's a bit of like leeway in terms of don't be soft. If you can train, train. Um, but if it's like that extreme fatigue where you are absolutely knackered, your body's going to appreciate the rest more than it is training. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I just remember many times, like, literally peeling myself out of bed, just going, come on, Ryan, this is what you've got to do. You've got to grind. <laughs> you've got to get this session done. And when in reality, like, I was just, I was just killing myself, like, with yeah. overtraining, overstressed. Yeah, just go for a walk, get back mm. to sleep, and then train when you actually feel good. I think that's a really good approach, not having mm. to be too, too strict. And I think shift workers struggle with that because they're, like, especially police officers, they've got strict rules. You're in for these night shifts, these day shifts, and then they try to take that rigidity into their training and their diet um, at times, and it can kind of go the other way. Um, but yeah, let's let's kind of move past the shift worker first just now, and I want to hear a little bit more about your Ironman. Um, yeah. <laughs> when did you first do a triathlon? When did you first start running, cycling, or swimming? I know you talked about the swimming, but the triathlon, when was that first an idea? 
so I actually signed up with my coach last January um, and it was kind of like we were limited to equipment. Dan's very much like strength and conditioning, performance based. We had a barbell in the back garden and that was it. So I was like, right, OK, Dan is the man for this. So obviously I, I got in touch with Dan. We, I've known Dan for quite a number of years anyway. Um, it's Dan Reeve, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah, Dan Reeve, yeah, yeah, coach Dan Reeve, yeah. Um, and I knew that he was coaching Joe Parrish and I'd seen like Joe doing all these like triathlon type things and cycling and swimming and running. I was like, I was I was inspired by it and I was like, do you know what? I want to start doing something like this. So obviously I started with the run um, because that was probably the hardest one for me and the one that I least enjoyed, <laughs> still least enjoyed. Um so I started with a goal of a half marathon, um, did that. There was no actually events open at that moment in time. So I just ran a half marathon on my own, um, did that. And then I think it was Lydia. She was like, you should do a triathlon. And I was like, uh, right, OK. She's like, well, you can swim. Like, you've got good legs. We just need to get you a bike. Um, and you've just done a half marathon, so you can pretty much run. Uh, so I got a bike off Facebook Marketplace. I think it cost me like 100 quid. It didn't fit me or anything. I used to get a terrible backache when I used to ride it. It was just like completely not my size. Um, and then, yeah, uh, going to the, obviously I was already being coached by Dan, uh, told him what my plans were. So he's like, yeah, book a sprint, go for it. Um, so I did. Uh, did my first one in, I think I'd only did, done like seven weeks actual progressive triathlon training by the time I did my first one um, and absolutely fell in love with it. It was just unreal. I think the first time I got in the water, though, I must say, like I nearly actually gave up because yeah. I wasn't prepared for the panic. <laughs> So I just thought everyone got in the water and you all just swam at your own pace. No. <laughs> so I like jumped in and then next minute, all these people are coming like left, right and centre and getting whacked on the head. And um, I couldn't regulate my breathing. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So the first triathlon I did, I did the full uh, 750 metres doing uh, breaststroke. So I swam the full thing. I think it took me like 50 minutes, which if I was to do that, uh, front crawl it'd probably take me about 15 um and yeah so I swam because I couldn't breathe I was literally I, I thought I was going to have a panic attack and I've never had a panic attack before but that feeling of I couldn't catch my breath uh, and the panic was just like oh and I remember them saying if you come into difficulty in the water roll on your back and put your hand in the air and I was like I'm just going to do it I need to yeah. get out of this water um and then obviously when I got to the end got out the, uh, out of the water I was just like right I'm just going to smash the rest of it now. Um, and I think because with a triathlon, you get like that sense of achievement after each bit. So like you finish the swim, like you're like, yes. And then you finish the bike and it's like another win. And then it kind of pushes you each level that you get to pushes you to do the next. Um, and I think that's why I love doing that kind of sport so much. So then after that one, because I'd done so poor in the swim, I was like, right, I need to do another one. So I booked another one for two weeks later, obviously smashed my time. And then I was actually sat in the kitchen. It was like October time last year. Um, and I think we'd actually had a couple of drinks, me and Lydia, and we were talking about like what, what I wanted to do and like when my next triathlon was going to be. And Lydia was like, just book an Ironman. 
And I was like, no. She's like, go on, you can do this. Like, you, I know you can do it. Like, just put the work in, book it. Like, if you book it, you've got to do it. So I booked it. And then I texted Dan. I was like, right, okay, next challenge. And he was like, challenge accepted. And then lo and behold, the next year, went to France and did it. <laughs> I still can't believe it myself, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. Does it, did it almost have like a little bit more of a, an expectation about it because you've got like the Iron Man kind of branded and everything that behind it. It's quite a big thing. I think Iron Man's got it's obviously got quite a big reputation. Um, yeah. And you would have been obviously running, swimming, and cycling against like some really top athletes in that. Yeah, and I think that was what worried me the most, and like I felt so anxious about because if you watch all the race videos, which I wouldn't recommend if you ever do anything like that, they only video the elite athletes. So I was watching these videos and I'm thinking, I'm never going to be able to do this. And I was showing Lydia, I was like, have you seen how fast these lot are going? I was like, you can't even see them, they're going that fast. And uh, she was like, no, but they're the elite athletes. They're not the the gem pop people and the um, the amateurs. Like, you're you're an amateur, there's going to be loads of people that, that are there. Um, and I think then that's when I sat, sat back and I realised that, yeah, they're actually, they're all the famous Ironman like athletes that they're videoing they're not just going to video like Joe Bloggs running down the road um so yeah I think I just kind of mentally prepared myself because I knew I'd done the work and I knew that it, it wasn't a case of racing against anyone it was just getting it done as long as I met those time cuts that's all that mattered to me um because I didn't actually know that you had a time cut until about two months before I just thought you turned up and got it done like like a sprint triathlon and then and then I was like oh my god so I've actually got to meet these times um and then when I was stood there on on obviously the start line to the swim um it was weird I just didn't feel nervous I just kept saying to myself, you're just going for a swim round Salford Keys, which is where I do my open water swimming. You're just going for a swim round Salford Keys. It's fine. Get in the water. Do your best. Don't race. Don't like go absolutely balls to the wall because what you're going to do, you're going to end up, you know, not being able to breathe again like you did on the first one. Um, so, yeah, I just really regulated my breath, told myself I was going for a swim round Salford Keys um, and I just went for it. And, and I literally, and this is no word of a lie, I enjoyed every single part of it. Like, it was brilliant. It was one of the best things I've ever done. Cool, nice. really yeah. From, like, obviously looking at your story and looking at kind of the stuff Joe's doing, that's kind of, that's what, what almost, like, spurred me on because I played football all my days. And then I was mm. like, I want a bit of that. Like, I want to try something like that. And hence, yeah. I literally just bought a bike a couple of days ago and went to do my sprint yeah. triathlon um, at the end of next month and then beyond that it's it's an Ironman I want to do I want to do a 70.3 and see how I get on um, so no looking forward to that and um, what your next one is going to be do you, you don't have a, like a date or a location in place now but I heard you want to do sub six hours yes uh, so next year I'm planning either to go the same location um, which was Axon Provence in the south of France, or there's one in Italy and Spain. I think there's one in Marbella. But I think because this time we actually drove over in a camper van, took my bike, and it took us, it was like 20 hours each way. So I think this time what I'd do is I'd actually get a flight over and hire one of their bikes um, because I just think the scenery is unreal. 
the water's warmer it's just and it's it's a different experience because obviously we live in in the UK and we see the scenery in the UK we see the 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 greenery the fields um but when you do it in a different country it just makes it so much more exciting because I was cycling through vineyards and up French mountains and little villages and and there was like people on the side of the road and and just like handing out like people just on the front porch like handing you things and stuff and it was just absolutely incredible so I'd I'd always want to do it again somewhere abroad um, but I'm going to go for sub six hours because I got it in 6.36 and I feel like that was without properly pushing myself. Mm-hmm. That was just, let's see if I can do it. Yeah. Let's just let's just do it. So I think if I can really push myself, work on my bike um, and speeding up my run a little bit more, like that's the big goal now. Yeah. You've got a gauge for it now. You'll be able to, you'll be able to smash six hours, no problem, I'm sure. Hopefully. <laughs> Last question, where can people find you um, on Instagram and on social media and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, so the biggest platform I use is uh, Instagram. So um, my username is grace underscore Cowan underscore. Uh, I do have Facebook as well, but I tend to be more active and a lot of my content is mainly on Instagram. Um, I've got a website as well, the shiftworkerscoach.co.uk. Um, but yeah, main main platform that um, all my content's on. If you want to chat to me, anything, shift work, Iron Man, whatever, Instagram is the one. Get on there. Grace is also a part-time actor. Your your reels are that good. I'm, I'm beginning <laughs> to think you're doing some sort of training in the background there. <laughs> I've actually got a funny one coming out tomorrow. I, I love making them. Oh, no, they're good. I'll keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, Grace, amazing to speak to you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Massively appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for having me. Thanks once again. I'll catch you in a bit.